All right, everyone, and welcome to Let It Ride, new podcast here on FM. I'll be uh, one of your hosts, Tommy Kaluz, along with my partner in crime, Alex Como. Alex, how about you introduce yourself? Um, yeah, that's my name. Just coming in. Not too exciting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what people want to hear about me, but me and Tommy go back a few few years, back in the days of uh, college, washing washing equipment washing uh tights and wiping sweat for for some division one college basketball players but yeah we just uh maybe we should talk about our origins there tom talk about our origins man well yeah alex and i we uh former roommates former lsu basketball equipment managers together we've uh we've had quite the ride over the years but we uh we haven't seen each other and God, Alex, a couple of years now, and we're just using this podcast as a mode to catch up and uh, get together again and uh, you know, uh, create some content while we're at it and kill some time during this uh, pandemic. Yeah, I don't know what the, what kind of calendar you, you're using, but I saw you uh, a few months ago like september so oh yeah i um (laughs) my ability to remember things had been uh modified by my uh of uh beverages that contained alcohol um (laughs) at the time so my uh my ability to recall that event uh is less than ideal but uh we're gonna be uh really friendly podcast here huh como we're uh not going to have any profanity where uh, we're just excited to uh, share the message of let it ride with the world. Let it ride a uh, mantra that has served us well over the years, hasn't it, Como? Yeah, it, it, it's really, you know, three, three short words, pretty simple, easy to remember. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's it's a powerful, powerful statement. Um you know, I know personally, I, I wasn't the one, I wasn't there for the Genesis. I know it's kind of your thing, but it's really something that rubbed off on me. And it's just, it's impossible to ignore, really. You know, it, it, it's just such a, such a powerful message. So this is, this is really how Let It Ride got started. And, um, you know, I was, I was, gosh, I was about 19 years old. I was in the Bahamas with the LSU basketball team at the, uh, what is it, Como, the Battle for Atlantis. Yeah. And uh, I was gambling for the first time in my life with a young man by the name of Brandon Sampson. Some of you LSU fans out there may remember Brandon, uh, excellent basketball player in his time at LSU. And Brandon and I were playing a little roulette. Uh, I had never gambled before. And uh, I was on a I was on a heater, Como. I was up about four hundred fifty dollars, and uh, you know I proclaimed celebratorily, uh, "Let it ride, let it ride." And uh, as my confidence got bigger, so did my bets, and I uh, walked out of that casino down three hundred dollars. <laughs> and uh, I, um, on the way out of the casino, I looked at Brandon and I said, uh, "You know what? Let it ride." 
and uh, learned an important lesson that day, man. Let it ride. What it's all about is, you know, whatever you're facing in your life, whatever situation you got going on, good or bad, at the end of the day, it wants to ride. And, and all we have to do is let it. Let it ride. You know, I, could, and, I couldn't um, agree more. I, you know, it's hard to argue with. I mean, there's some things you can control. There's some things you can't control, Como. And uh, no matter what it is, you just gotta let it ride. You know, and, I think uh, I'm excited. I think I was first introduced to let it ride in my first gambling experience. Also, actually, um, it's really just a good way to if you're getting your feet wet in the world of roulette. It's a great. It's a great thing to have in the back of your head just let it ride i know uh i wasn't in the bahamas i was in i was at the laberge casino and hotel in the great city of baton rouge louisiana and uh i was letting it ride i believe you were there with me i think that's why it was in my head because you were just telling me to let it ride let it ride and uh i turned 20 bucks into like 180 or 160 or something like that so it ended up working out better for me than for you but at one point, we were both up pretty big by letting it ride. Yeah, man. And uh, But let it ride. Like I said, you know, it applies to more than just gambling. Como. It applies to everything. It's about taking chances. It's about uh, just going out there and, and giving something a try. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast, you guys. You know, we're primarily going to be a sports podcast. That's our basis here. But uh, we're trying to branch out. And we're, we're crowdsourcing ideas. We want to do new things. Uh, one of our new, one of our, well, I mean, I say new, but one of our first segments here is going to be Cam's Cooking Corner. And uh, Alex's girlfriend, Cam, is quite the cook. Uh, I am not. So Cam is going to be whipping up some recipes of hers. She's going to send them over to me. And all the way here in Baton Rouge, I'm going to be trying to cook it up on my own and I'll uh, give it a shot. I'll try it. I'll give it a review. And Alex will review uh, Cam's creation all the way over there in uh, Colorado. So, uh, you know, it's just an example of something we're going to do to try and expand our horizons a little bit. That's what we're all about. So we need ideas. We need ideas from everybody. Um, Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure who will be listening to this, but. For those who know good old Tom, I uh, I lived with him for like two years, and I don't think I ever saw him cook something. So he uh, will yeah. definitely be letting it ride if he gives this a shot. We'll be letting it ride. I'm hoping I can, uh, you know, not start a fire or anything like that. <laughs> I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I just – the best case scenario here is I end up with some really, really bad food. That's the best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you can go. You can't really go wrong, you know. It it might not be good, but it won't be bad. I I, I have faith in you. I don't. Um, <laughs> also, uh, just a quick shout out, uh, Alex. We were talking about this. We just got done uh, doing our uh, little project there, but you heard our intro song. That comes to you courtesy of FreeStockMusic.com. That again, that's free stockmusic.com uh they're pumping out royalty free music uh that you can use without fear of being sued for copyright infringement 
that's not something we're looking to do. So uh, that song you heard was Bond is Born by the Denotes, a band that I've certainly never heard of, and you probably haven't either. But we sincerely thank them for uh, supplying our intro free of cost. Great tune. I hadn't heard that up until about 20 minutes ago, and can't get out of my head. I mean, I can't either. And uh, those guys, you know, whether or not you've heard of them, which, again, I'm sure that you haven't, uh, <laughs> they, they put out good product. I got, I got to give them credit there. So uh, this is, you know, sort of just our intro. Uh, I guess you could call it our first episode, but we're just spitballing here. There's no script. We haven't, uh, you know, planned anything out. But uh, we're thinking that our first real episode uh is gonna be later on this week our nfl draft preview uh we're gonna be uh we're gonna be talking broncos we're gonna be talking saints we're gonna be talking lsu uh and i think como and i are each gonna pick a random nfl team to cover that we have no interest in and maybe a random university a a mac school or something like that and we'll uh, we'll do a preview for them too. Uh, if you'd like to suggest a school for us to do, then then shoot it our way. Uh, most of you probably have our phone numbers, uh, but if not, uh, give me a shout. T Kaluz at yahoo.com. That's T K U L U Z at yahoo.com. Again, we're looking for segment ideas. We're looking for schools nfl teams to focus on in the draft preview just give us ideas anything anything you got if you want to come on the show come on the show Uh, you're really just letting it ride here so don't be gun shy you know if you want us to talk about breeds of flowers um different types of birds anything really we're just letting it ride um breeds of flowers Let's yeah. ride. We're open to Let all suggestions, ride. any and all suggestions. You know, if, if you want us to cover our high school and find out if they have any guys in deep search, maybe not extensive, yeah. but we'll try. Yeah. And I mean, again, you know, if you want to come on here and you've got an idea for something you'd like to do on the show, uh, we'll listen to it. And if it's bad, we won't let you on. <laughs> um, because at the end of the day, even though we're spitballing here, we're trying to make this as good as we can. Um, I so think if you have of, a bad idea, it'll be rejected is my point. Yeah. And I think most importantly, above all, we'd also like some feedback on our content. You know, we don't want to be putting you to sleep. We want to be with you. I would say on your drive to work, but everybody's either unemployed or working from home. So you know, if you got to drown out your annoying roommate, you got to drown out your girlfriend or something while you're working, plug us in your ears and let our uh, our sweet our sweet voices take you away for a little bit. And, you know, we want to we, we want to be for the people and we want to give the people what they want. And we can't know what the people want if they don't tell us. So that's where it's right. coming in. And, uh, you know, we're joining the content creation uh, spike here with the with the uh, coronavirus uh, lockdowns going on. But, uh, you know, we we don't really have high expectations here. We're just having a good time. Uh, and, you know, worst case scenario, this is something that my mother will love. 
my mother will listen to this religiously and she will have a great time. So, that's I mean, what, if that's, that's the worst case scenario, it's, it's all game. There's no loss here. So uh, Lynette Faye, Salinas Kalouz will be our fan no matter what happens. I love you so much, Mom. And I know that you're listening. Maybe our only listener, but, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. Yes. Yes. You got to start somewhere. And uh, worst comes to worst, we'll keep her entertained, which is good enough for me. So, uh, Alex, I mean, what do you got? What's going on? Not much, man. You know, just trying to stay alive, stay healthy, make make some money while I'm, I'm at it. Just try to stay afloat in these weird times. But, you know, we, we'll get through it. Yeah. I mean, Como, uh, you are what? Some kind of engineer up there in Colorado? Yeah. You know, so I guess a little deep dive into me. I, uh, I'm still working actually. Um, cause, uh, construction is essential business in Colorado. I don't know what, what the deal is in Louisiana, but we still got a lot of construction work going on. And, uh, I got my, my degree, my undergraduate degree from the, the great Louisiana state university in, uh, bachelor of science in civil engineering. So I'm just out here. We're working on some traffic projects out, in the Denver metro area. I'm an essential worker, so I'm still going to work every day. Not much has changed for me, but I got my mask on. I'm washing my hands all the time. Still going to work. There you Good go. And for, and for, Como's, for Como's friends, uh, you know, because we're, we're expecting a very small sample size to start, and probably through the whole time that we do this, we'll have a very small audience, but... Uh, for Como's friends that end up listening, I am Thomas Wayne Kaluz Jr., uh, the son of Thomas and Lynette Faye uh, Kaluz. And uh, I am a law student here at Louisiana State University, also uh, an undergraduate uh, alum of the great Louisiana State University, uh, like Alex, a former LSU basketball manager. Uh, what a fun time that was for us. Very volatile experience. I mean, I had a tournament team. I had a 14-game losing streak. I had a number one pick in the NBA draft. And I had a Will Wade year, unlike yeah. Alex. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I would say probably top ten most interesting eras of LSU basketball history. Um, for sure. You know. Pistol Pete, Shaq up there for sure. Probably one, two, however you want to slice it. Then, you know, we got, we had what, four, four, five Final Four teams? Four? Uh, yeah, four. We should have done some research. All of them were Cinderella runs. Uh, I know there was like two, one 11 seed in there, a nine seed maybe. Um, so those were up there. But then you come around and you get to the, the 2015-2016 season, you have, like, the number two overall recruiting class. You have Ben Simmons. You got two other five stars. Yeah, Antonio Blakeney. Sam. Brandon Sampson. Um, and you go 19 and 11, something like that. Deny, uh, don't even accept the NIT bid. And then the next year, you're just, just not a good basketball team. But – 
Yeah. Um, we were not. We were not a good basketball team. 14-game losing streak. We all remember that. Um, but that Will Wade year, man, that was that was something else. That was yeah. one of the best years of my life come up. I wasn't around for the Magic. Um, I was. I only did. I only did it for two years. I kind of wanted to do something new. I was kind of burnt out. You know, four, fourteen game losing streak isn't too fun to be around, no matter how much you like the team or the school or whatever. So, when uh, old Johnny Jones got the axe, I kind of left with him. So, I guess you could say my allegiances lie with with Johnny Jones. I've, I haven't been a manager for anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Johnny and I love that staff. I mean, that, you know, that was, that was fun, but I mean, coach Wade, man, that's my guy. We're going to, we're going to try to get him on here at some point. Uh, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. That, that we'll would give it be a shot. astronomical for our, for our show, actually. Oh my God. There's no describing how huge that would be. But I mean, hey, we'll you know we'll we'll see where we get. You know, we've we've got some very minor connections, you and I, and we'll uh, we'll try to use them to our advantage. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring up the Johnny staff. I forgot to tell you this, but um, I was at a, a CU basketball game like in January or February, and they were playing USC, and I swore I saw Robert Kirby on USC staff, but it wasn't. But I saw that man. It just brought back some 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 great memories working with the bigs down there. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Como was a pad guy back in the day. Yeah, and yeah. Would you like to discuss the duties of a pad guy and perhaps the injuries that are associated with being a pad guy? Right. So, I don't for for people who aren't too familiar with what's going on here. Uh, Division one college basketball players are big, and specifically the the guys who you would consider post players. Um, usually, you're not going to find a post player below like six eight, um, and usually they have some some beef on them. So I, you're thinking probably prototypical NCAA Division one big is probably like six eight six nine two fifty two sixty right. That's pretty accurate, I'd say. That's about right. Yeah. And so then you have me, who I'm just a pretty average American male. I'm like 5'11", 200 pounds. And so uh, they got me running these drills. I uh, I have like a like one of those old school MLB umpire pads, like the ones that they would just hold up in front of their torso because they didn't have pads back in the days. One of those, and uh, you know the this huge, this humongous, freakishly large human being gets a gets a ball down on the near the basket, and it's my responsibility to kind of push him around. And you can imagine what what happens. I get a lot of a lot of errant bows to the head, uh, a lot of knees to the face when they're dunking. And then on top of that, you also have the coaches yelling at you to hit them harder, and you're, like, literally trying as hard as you can. But to them, it's just like somebody's hitting them with a, with a wet rag. So you, it, it's brutal. There's not much you can do in that situation. There's just not. And I know that you personally were the victim of more than three or four concussions. <laughs> I, have no, I have no doubt about that. I mean – I just I have no doubt. I think – 
I think one of the most dangerous things about being a manager too that gets overlooked is when you're rebounding like pregame and there's 13 guys shooting a ball all within like two seconds of each other. There's just balls flying everywhere. I can't, I couldn't tell you how many times I just got absolutely dome rocked by a shot, like a like a miss, and it just comes off and nails me in the head. And then you compound that with getting a bow from Albert Robinson the third, and you you got a concussion, man. And Albert, uh, seven two, over three hundred pounds. Yeah, El- one Albert of the largest human boy. beings. Top point one percent of large human beings in the world. Yeah, it's not even a question. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's not I don't. A question. I mean, I've only he's the only personal, or he's the only one I've personally known over seven feet. And he yeah, was like him he and probably Darcy. like three twenty. He was a big boy. If you don't Did know, you know Darcy Google, Malone. Yeah, he was there. It's my last year. He was there. He was, yeah, but he was not nearly as as beefy. He was pretty skinny. He was like a big bean pole. He's playing uh, professional ball in Australia. Darcy. Really. Mm-hmm. What about Albert? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, probably not. I don't know. Probably, probably not. Um, Albert, you definitely won't hear this, but you know, don't beat me up. Um, <laughs> let's uh, continue on here, Como. I mean, uh, let's. Uh, what, what do we got? I mean, this is again. We're just spitballing. We're just having a good time. We're trying not to have any dead air but uh we're just we're kicking this thing off we're just trying to make sure that this app works we're trying to make sure that we're doing the right things uh but we're uh we're excited so right now in the sports world we got what uh nf craft again that's going to be the sub uh of our next deal but uh Let's talk a little bit about uh about the NBA Como. What's uh what's the deal? They come back. Uh what's your expectation? Who wins the title? They come back. Yes. And that's a big yes. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I'm almost just expecting all those leagues to just pull the plug, including the MLB, which sucks, but oh, uh it, it's just it's so hard to predict. Like they come back after not playing, not even like, I'm sure there's guys that have access to hoops and stuff, but like for the most part, I don't, they're not getting much work in. No, they're they're probably doing some weight stuff some cardio stuff. And I mean, that goes for all sports really. So like, how, how, how are they going to come back? They're going to come back and have like two weeks, like a little mini off season training camp and then go straight into the playoffs. Like that just doesn't seem feasible. No, and contrary to popular belief, Como, these guys do not have full-length basketball courts at their house. The majority, yeah. Of them. Oh, yeah. And the only way to get in basketball shape is to play basketball, and that's the one thing that you can't do right now. Yeah, you can't play five-on-five five ball right now. Yeah, you got to keep tough. the gatherings below ten people, and that's ten people. <laughs> that's a, that's five on five five plus five believe it or not that equals ten so i mean it's against the law to have a to have a five on five basketball game right now so what a time. i mean what a time 
So what a time. I mean, yeah, they're if they do come back, whether it be June, July, whatever, uh, it's I, it's just gonna be a poor brand of basketball. I feel like. Um, but I mean that that also begs another question. Like, I, I'm sure they really want to get this season going. I'm sure the players want to for money, and also they want to play meaningful games again. But say they come back in June or mid-May or something, they play until July or August. What happens to the next season? You know, are they gonna just have a two-month off-season? I have no idea. I've no idea. And then, yeah, I mean, do you have a two-month off-season or does it completely reset the NBA calendar going forward? Like right. you're, you're literally just the the season is on a completely different timeline forever. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen. I don't. It's going to be hard if they come back. Yeah, I mean, if they come back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. But I, I mean, again, I think the season's over with. But I. And then what's what people aren't really talking about too is if they come back and they play with no fans, that's going to have a pretty significant effect on the playoffs. I mean, home field advantage goes out the window. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and all of a sudden these one seeds and two seeds and three seeds that, you know, they have this home court advantage, it's irrelevant now. Yeah. It totally doesn't matter. And I that might be another reason why the players don't want to play. You know, I'm sure like the owners and stuff, they want their money. I feel like they're just kind of in it for the money, so they want to play. But I feel like the players are like, what's the point at this point? You There's... know, like, let's just get ready for next season, hopefully. But, I mean, even that might be in, up in the air. But There's make no so mistake much... about it. Make no mistake about it. Everything in this life. It's yeah. it's all about money. If it's if it's possible to come back, they're gonna come back. Yeah, because people are starved right now for sports. I mean, there's the the ratings would be. I think they'd be better than ever, despite the fact that there's no fame. Dude, you know what these NFL draft ratings are gonna be like? It's gonna Insane. be probably the most watched draft ever. It's probably gonna be the worst draft ever. I'd gonna, like to know. I'd like to know what the rate, what the ratings were for that Jordan documentary. Yeah, that too. Outrageous. I mean, I, you got to be thinking like Super Bowl type ratings. Yeah, I don't know though. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is hard to touch. In America. my cousin, my cousin last night, whom I love dearly, messaged me out of nowhere that she was watching. The Jordan documentary, I do not think that in her 25 years of life, she has ever watched a single moment of basketball, ever. <laughs> not one single possession of basketball in her entire life. But she was locked in to that Jordan documentary. Yeah. And she messaged me to let me know that... You know, for the first time, she was getting into basketball. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean it's it, it's it's actually, I mean, it's probably a very, very good thing for the sport. Um, for basketball. Having that documentary come <laughs> out right now. It's a very good thing for the sport. It's a good thing for the game. There's a lot of people paying attention to that that would not be paying attention to it if the world were normal right now. I saw this thing on Twitter today that was uh... – 
I don't I forget who tweeted it. It was either Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport saying how uh they got a text today. They were like the NFL was testing basically his draft and uh they experienced technical difficulties on the Bengals first pick. So Yes. This is gonna be I believe that. This is gonna be I mean, it's gonna be an exciting draft for us in particular due to our fandom and the fact that LSU might have 12 guys drafted. But it's also going to be an exciting draft because we could not know who drafts who for like 20 minutes because somebody's Wi-Fi went down. There will be a juncture. There will be a time during that draft where a GM or some member of a front office uses some form of profanity live (laughs) on that broadcast because they do not know that their microphone is on and I am here for it. Yeah. I am all in that. that, I cannot wait. That's definitely going to happen for sure. Because you don't have like, I mean, it's, it's not like the normal draft where you have these sound technicians and you have these people like their job is to literally just make sure that this stuff is, you know, going correctly. And, you know, I mean, these guys, these guys are going to mess it up at some point. But what I'd like to talk about for a second, going back to the Jordan documentary, is, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Jerry Krause. You you watched it, I assume, Como. Mm -hmm. Jerry Krause, how he's the big villain. He's the guy that tore up, you know, the dynasty or whatever, trying to trade Pippen, this, that, the other. Stirring up all this trouble, breaking apart what was probably the most perfect collection of talent and coaching in the history of the game. And fair. You know, he deserves criticism, whatever. But, I mean, also, side note, he's dead. Yeah. Okay. And, and everybody in the world is talking mess about him right now as hard as they possibly can. And the dude's dead. We're we're not like he can't defend himself. He's dead. Yeah, that that's a little messed up. That's I mean, let's nobody's talking about that, but it's a little. I mean, they're they're even talking about it on ESPN and stuff like that. That's usually what they try to avoid, you know, controversially talking about somebody's dead like that. But you know, whatever. Anyway, to me, the real loser of the first night of the documentary is not Jerry Krause. It's Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Okay. And you want to know why? The part, I believe it was the 63-point game, not the 49-point game, the 63-point game against the Celtics uh, when they got to that part in the documentary. Poor, poor Rick Carlisle, who little – Known fact, I didn't know, was a member of the Celtics at the time. Mm-hmm. Trying to guard Jordan baseline. And he got absolutely crucified. <laughs> crucified on several occasions. Yeah. Several occasions. They really, they really hung him out to dry. There was one play. I would love nothing more than to give you the point in the documentary where it was so that you can watch it. There was one play. He got shook on the baseline so hard. He got blown by so fast that 
as Jordan was approaching the rim, Carlisle stopped and he started running back to the other end of the floor, did not even try to contest. To play offense. It was over. <laughs> it was over. He's headed back on offense. Jordan is still 12, 13 feet away from the rim. But for Rick Carlisle, that possession was over. <laughs> he had no business being on the same court as Michael Jordan, much less guarding him with no help. No help at all. None. Yeah, that's another thing a lot of people are pointing out about this, too, though, is that at least at the beginning of his career, there is a lot of scrubs in the league that would not yes. be in the league in today's NBA. But I think that's a moot point. But to me, that's what you talk about when you say a guy like that changed the game. Right. That's what you're talking about. Guy comes in and he is head and shoulders, no doubt, better than everybody else on the floor, no matter who he's playing. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, when they played, said that he was the best player in the league. He raises the bar. Yep. And everybody's everybody works harder. You know, nutrition changes. These teams, you know, change the way that they they build teams. They change the way they run offense. They play defense. And it makes the game better. Because you have to rise to that. Somebody sets a totally new standard. And it's yeah. the most cliche thing in the world to say, oh, yeah, this guy changed the game. But, like, that's what you mean when you say that. Like, when he came in, the league was worse than it was when he left. And that's fact. Yeah. The that's... NBA, the competition was better when he retired than it was when he started. And he had a lot to do with that. I agree. I agree. He had a lot to do with it. So, I mean, yeah. Scrubs. Rick Carlisle, the scrub. <laughs> Great coach. Great yeah. coach. And, I mean, I guess you have to be very mentally aware to maintain a roster spot in the NBA when you are that cripplingly slow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if maybe he was playing that game on two torn ACLs, but, I mean, good God almighty, he had no shot. Not a prayer. Yeah, and, I mean, that goes for most guys in the league trying to guard Jordan. Father, forgive Jordan, for he has no idea what he does. Rick Carlisle was crucified on that baseline <laughs> on that night and i'm crucified. sure you could say that about everybody but that was just highlighted you can say that yes. about a lot of guys who played in the nba at the same time as michael jordan what i saw on twitter too somebody pointed out excellent point they're interviewing ewing who is the head coach at georgetown now and ewing obviously played for georgetown when jordan hit the game winning shot in the mm -hmm. 82 National Championship in the Superdome. Mm -hmm. um, they're interviewing Ewing, who's, again, now the head coach at Georgetown, and he's wearing a Georgetown polo. That Georgetown polo is Jordan brand. <laughs> Jordan yeah. literally sponsors Georgetown. The program that he beat in that National Championship in the Dome, game one and shot, that program is now sponsored by Air Jordan. By that man. That's wow. That's, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's uh I'm pretty sure that's like the only Michael Jordan's probably the only person who can say that in the world. Yeah. And another another really good 
uh, I don't know, scenes, if you want to call it that, that, you know, I loved was he, uh, you know, they were in Paris and everybody's, you know, going insane over this exhibition. And I've experienced a very similar situation. Okay. I'm going to totally go off on a tangent here, but they used to have exhibition games, NBA exhibition games. Now they used to have them in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Mississippi coast Coliseum and convention center. And I went to those things religiously as a kid. Shaq, D-Wade, Miami Heat, NBA champion Spurs, Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili, all those guys played in the hallowed confines of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. I met Chris Paul there. I met Anthony Davis there. I met Tim Duncan there. Just amazing experiences. So I empathize with those people in France who had probably never seen a basketball to that point, just freaking out over the opportunity to see Jordan play. I get it, even though it was an exhibition game. Um, they win that game, and the dude who was guarding him for the entirety of the game goes up to Jordan, and he asks him for his armband. <laughs> and Jordan does not respond. Rather, he holds out his arm and allows the guy to remove the armband himself. Now, that is a baller, (laughs) baller move. I was going to say, you got to be able to back that type of arrogance up. But if anybody could, it's Michael Jordan for sure. No doubt. Could you imagine if, like, Trey Young tried to do that to somebody? Oh, like. My my competitive equivalent, the only thing that I compete in right now is moot court in law school, okay? That is the equivalent of me walking into a courtroom, giving a mock oral argument for some legal position, and the guy on the other side of the aisle when we're walking out says, would you mind if I had your sock? Will you give me your sock, Mr. Kalouz, please? That was so masterful. I would love nothing more than to have your sock. And I kick off my shoe, hold out my foot, and allow him to remove my sock. That's the equivalent. Yeah, you can't get punched in the face. I just, I can't believe that, man. To just have that much of a, just think about having that much of a superiority complex over somebody it's just it's incredible it's something i will never experience because i will never be that good at anything yeah anything yeah if i was that good at checkers i would be arrogant if i was as good at checkers as michael jordan was at basketball i would be such a jerk i have no doubt about that i don't know how that would go over for you though you know i don't think Checkers prowess holds the same type of same type of pull as a NBA All Star, NBA legend, NBA. Hey, there would be there would be a small community of people that would look at me as their Jordan. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. Very small. I mean, there there would be some convention center in Saskatchewan that I would go to. There would be four hundred people there, but they would worship me in the same way Jordan was idolized by, you know, every human being on the planet uh, for, you know, a decade. 
and still to this day. So the documentary is phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, you're in probably the 0.5% of the population that has, and I suggest you go do it. Um, lives up to my expectations. I don't know about you. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite the insight. I just, I could not be more excited going forward. Bad boy Pistons in the next episode. Yeah. Shout out to Brendan, sir. Yes. Shout out Brendan, sir. One of our um, coaches with LSU basketball. Assistant coach to Chuck Daly on those bad boy Pistons teams. Also, the head scout of the Dream Team. Wow. How about that? That he's he might be the Michael Jordan of coaches, honestly. Honestly, maybe. <laughs> and I mean, it's a little different when you're scouting like Trinidad and Tobago when you know you know that you've got Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson just sitting in the wings. <laughs> I'm sure the scouting is a little bit less intensive on your mind when you know that you're going to win this game by 50 and you're not even going to have to call a timeout. But Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just he was there. I mean, you got to know. There. You need the scouting report regardless of your comp. You need a scouting report. That's true. You got to let it ride. There you, you go. Have to. You have to. All, That's what it it's all, all about. Full circle. That's what it's all about. Um, anyway, I think uh, I think we've maybe what Como, you want to call it? I think we've maybe talked about enough for today. Um, I think this is a great, great, great starting point. Great starting point. Great jumping off point. I doubt anyone other than my mother has listened this far. Um, <laughs> There's, People are going to see the probably, 40, 43 minutes and just get intimidated and not I mean, listen. there's there's maybe three people that made it this far. But if you did, congratulations. We appreciate it. Um, again, we need ideas. We need content. We need material. Reach out. If you want to be on the podcast, we'd love to have you if you have a good idea. Not if you have a bad one. Um or and if, if you, you have, have a good idea and we use it, you will get idea creds for sure. We're not idea here to steal anybody's idea. No doubt. We'll give you a shout out. We'll give you whatever you want. Um, maybe not whatever you want, but we'll give you. <laughs> um, we're excited to have you. We're excited for. We're excited about where we're going. We're excited about where we've been. Uh, let it ride, you know. You don't right. win with chips in your pocket, people. You only win with chips on the table. No that unders, no unders, no favorites, no fear. We're going to let it ride. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all for listening. We will see you next time.